Revolutionary.org podcast coming your way. We're doing a Prima Bowling, another Prima Bowling episode. Steve Smee here and Rick in the house. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So we got Nelson Montana. What's going on? Is that how you pronounce it, Nelson? That is perfect. <laughs> or is it, do I have to do the accent, the uh, Cuban accent? Montana. <laughs> no, no. Pure American. All right, so this is number three. Three. Uh, this is going to be podcast three twenty eight, guys. We did the Primo Bowling episode two ninety two. You guys can go back and look at it. I'm also going to link it in the podcast notes. But we're bringing on Nelson on this one to talk about Primo Bowling for the simple fact that Nelson is a big fan of it. He's very knowledgeable on it. He's been using it for a long time, probably longer than I've been alive. What was the first time you used Primo Bowling? <laughs> what was the first time you used Primo Bowling, Nelson? I've been doing everything longer than everyone's been alive. Um, well. Um, Rick and I were talking about that uh, the other day. Um, I, I didn't start using steroids until I was uh, 40 years old. So, but that's still probably before you were alive. So, uh, get, get a little closer <laughs> to your computer, Nelson. Get a little closer to your computer for the sound. Perfect. Yeah, I was just saying that I, I didn't start using uh, anything until I was 40 years old, which is probably still before you were all alive. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, as, as far as um, well, we could get into what I like about it and, and why I, I think it's good and, and everybody else's opinion on that. So, so did you uh, – you've been kind of looking into steroids before, maybe in your 20s and 30s, or did you just start looking into steroids closer to 40? Yeah, well, take- why, why did you wait until 40 to, to well, actually start steroids? Well, I was around it. I was around it when it was legal. But um, I got into bodybuilding really young. I mean, I saw Arnold in his first appearance in the United States at the Brooklyn Academy of Music in 1969 when he lost to Sergio Oliva. So that's how far back I go. You know, then when I got into like my 30s, I sort of fell out of bodybuilding and then I rediscovered it and the steroids were legal and everybody was into it, but I just wanted to train naturally. I just want, I was making good gains just with training and supplements. So I figured why, why use steroids? I'm, I'm doing okay. And then I, you know, I hit the peak that everybody hits. I, I trained, I got as far as I could get naturally. I made good gains and it was just too enticing. So I just had to see what the stuff could do, and then you realize you do it, and it works, and you go with it. So, so obviously, Nelson, you've had a chance to use real imported pharmaceutical Bayer-made Primo Bolin Depot. Yeah. Have you used anything other than, than, than Bayer Primo? Have you tried any of the underground stuff? Well, back then, it wasn't Bayer. It was, uh, it was sharing. sharing. It was sharing. Yeah. Now, now um, it was Bayer sharing. Yeah, back then, it was, it was sharing, yeah. Yeah, everything. It was uh, the Chiba Dynaball. It was the whole, uh, everything was straight from the pharmacy. Was the PIP really bad on that brand as well, like it is with Bear? The PIP, the post-injection pain? Bear, I think, happened later. Bear, I think, probably. But the one you used originally, did it have a lot of post-injection pain? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, when when Nelson was writing for for T Nation and and I was uh, just getting started on the forum, started choosing myself, the big debate was whether veterinarian-grade stuff from Mexico was just too dirty compared to the human-grade stuff that was flooding the country and from Europe. And nowadays, it's like just UG labs. You just, you just hope they put in there what you, what you think you're buying. You know, things have changed quite a bit, haven't they? Well, I, I think actually with the black market stuff, it's, it's better than it used to be because um, there's too much of a profit in it. It doesn't make sense for them to make dirty stuff because nobody's going to reorder. You know, the, the, it costs pennies to make a, a vial of testosterone. Why would they give you something dirty or something under dose? Doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, the, the only issue really is, is that we've become more aware of uh, recently is the heavy metals that get left into the in powders during production. Now, even in the supplement realm, FDA, we've got to grab samples out of my batches of, of products every time we make a supplement and have heavy metal testing done on it on the final product. And also you have it done on the raw ingredients before you even put them into your mixer. Um, while some of the sources are getting high purity of raws and are not putting in, some of them are overdosing because I've seen lab results from different sources. Some of them overdose by 10, 15, sometimes 20% their products. They're not doing the proper heavy metals testing to see if you've got just too many uh, particles per million of lead and mercury and some and aluminum and some of these other contaminants, metals that can get left in there. So that's, that's really... That's really today when we talk about kind of dirty gear, what we really worry about. As far as, as, far as contamination with bacteria and things like that, man, they, they've gotten so good with these carriers and these, and these solvents and the process that you don't hear much about stuff giving people, uh, giving people infections. But obviously, the heavy metals is a problem that you don't see right away. It's something that could or maybe won't manifest itself later on in life, but you could be just basically shooting heavy metals into your body because they don't, you know, the underground labs are not required to even test for that. Everybody's so worried about potency or just getting what you want to get that they, they forget about that. That important end of it is, is, you know, poisoning. Well, that's the risk, you know, that you're, you're dealing with the, um, you know, a black market compound and uh, it, it can't be taken lightly, but what could you do? You got to, if you're going to decide, so maybe, to maybe I missed, maybe I missed the answer, but so, so have you done anything other than them sharing Primo? Have you tried some of the underground lab shit as far as, oh, yeah. oh yeah. What do you think about it? Um, some of it is, is I think comparable. Yeah. But have you got, have you gotten screwed? Because you know, when, when you're really, when you know a steroid, it, you just know that smell, that taste you even get after, after a, some shots that make it to your lungs, you kind of, you kind of begin to know it. Uh, did you think you ever got something well, uh, on the lab that was swapped out yeah, that wasn't Primo? A couple, a couple of times. Here's the thing. If you're a seasoned Primo user, and I, I just want to state, first of all, I'm not a big high-dose gear guy anyway. I mean, I'm, we would talk about this. I'm, I'm more of a health guy. I use, I've used them in the past just as a, sort of a supplement to natural training. But when you use Primo enough, you, you know what it's like. I, I would, we were talking about this the other day. To a lot of people, if you give them 25 mgs of equipoise, 25 mgs of testosterone, and tell them it's Primo, they won't know the difference. It'll be like, oh, yeah, I got some gains. I didn't get any side effects. I guess that's what Primo is. But uh, one thing about Primo that you really um, is the giveaway is the uh, not the injection pain. It's the, the pain the following day at the, at the injection site. It hurts. I don't know. I hurt. It's the reason why you can only put 100 milligrams in a mill. You know, which is why I really am a little suspect of some of these uh, companies that say they're putting 200 milligrams into a, a premium bowl and into a milligram, um, 200 megs into a milligram. I, I don't even think that's possible. So, yeah, into a milliliter. Yeah, some of the underground labs use 200 milligram a milliliter. So um, you just never know. The, what, the, the oils yeah. can hold it. The oils can hold it. But whether somebody wants to go through the injection pain or not, you know, the high concentration stuff really started coming around with the underground labs with. With, with the first set of, of Mexican underground labs, like, like uh, Brovel, like Brovel was actually legit, but like quality vet, animal power. These are, Dencal had a T400 product, it was 400 milligrams of testosterone in one cc, and it give every single guy that used it flu-like flu -like symptoms. I don't know if you guys remember that, that 
T400 from, from the, the cow back in the day. But yeah, the, the, the sources, the underground labs really started going above what the pharmaceutical companies were doing as far as how much weight they were putting in each milliliter. So yeah, um, yeah, but, but I think so the, the oils can hold it. The, the oils can hold it. You'd be surprised how much, how much shit you can put in an oil. Oils can hold it. When you get raw equipoise and you mix that, it's already almost oil. You know, I mean, you could you could put, fit a lot of EQ into into a CC of, of the gear if you really tried. You know, some of it with the longer ester chains is, is already almost waxy oily. Um, well, yeah. Speaking of equipoise, a lot of people. Um think that it's similar to primabolin, but they're actually very, very different drugs and they work different ways. Um, same thing with Masteron. Uh, people compare Masteron to primabolin. They're, they're almost opposites. Because Masteron is pure, uh, pure androgen. And Masteron, uh, the effects, we spoke about that also, the effects of Masteron go away as soon as you stop using it. It's just a hardener. It's almost like having testosterone in your body and then you don't have testosterone in your body. Whereas that's another thing I like about primabolin is the effects are long lasting. Primobolin is really that one, before Superdrol came back around, Primobolin was that one recomposition steroid. It was that, that one steroid that you could use on a caloric deficit and actually see and notice muscle gains, even as you were on a caloric deficit, if you were training hard enough. And it wasn't until like Superdrol that guys really brought back up the idea of, of recomposition and actually trying to do both at once, right? Because for a very long time, guys were like, I'm going to bulk and then I'm going to cut. I'm going to do a bulking cycle. I'm going to do a cutting cycle. But the idea of like recomposition, like, hey, wait, wait a minute. How about I just run one cycle and try to do both? Put in a little bit of mass, drop some body fat, and, and you know, keep it going that way. And, and Primo Bolin really was the only steroid that, that was known to do that. Am I correct, Nelson? Or were there others that were well, known to, with, to build mass on a caloric deficit? Because Primo Bolin is mostly pure anabolic. It's, um, you, you have to take in a lot of protein for Primo Bolin to really see uh, the effects of Primo Bolin, which is another thing that the mistake that people make. They'll take Primo Bolin and they'll be like, oh, it didn't do much. You've got to eat like two, 300 grams of protein a day. Now, if you're eating 300 grams of protein a day and very little fat and very little carbs, you're in a calorie deficit, but you'll still make gains. You'll still grow muscle because the prima bone will turn that protein into muscle. Yeah, definitely. It's it like one, the, the one steroid that was really known to, to effectively do that. Guys were throwing it into, into their cutting cycles, going into contests, going to competition. They're like, holy shit, I'm gaining, I'm gaining size. Obviously, like, like Nelson said, you've got to get that protein in there uh, in order to, to even have anything to build a size with. And, and it doesn't blow you. It's, it's a good pre-contest drug. I have, I've to think that Masteron is the, the ultimate pre-contest drug. But, uh, you know, Primo is actually, it's a great choice for, it's a great choice for women. It's a great choice for people who are health conscious. It's a great choice for people for a first cycle who are a little bit uh, hesitant. They don't want to get any side effects. So in that regard, it really is a perfect uh, steroid. But it isn't without its side effects, and that's something that also isn't addressed too often. Yeah, pl please address that. What what are the bad side effects of Primo Bolin, and, um, and are they somewhat dose dependent, or or well, everything? Every, everything is dose dependent, of course. Um, right, right, perfect. Yeah. Uh, one of the side effects of uh, Primo Bolin is that it isn't kidney toxic, but it does stress the uh, strain the kidneys somewhat because it's essentially recirculating protein. It's like uh, when people talk about oral steroids and how they're, they're liver toxic. They're not really toxic to the liver. It's the fact that the 17-alpha alkalization shuts the liver down 
So the liver is strained, and that's what causes the damage to the liver. So uh, in the case of primobolin, yeah, if you're on enough of it, long enough, your kidneys are going to start taking a hit because you're taking all that protein. It's not going to work without the protein. They go hand in hand. Right, right. So I'm curious, let's, let's kind of um, go back to, you know, Nelson, we started basically studying this stuff when? 70s, 80s? When was it when you first started? Um, what was the research, though, even when you started studying it, where you went back to the 70s? Yeah, yeah Nelson, Nelson, you got started before, uh, before the internet really, really hit off and had all this information. Where, where, where could you research and do research back in the day? Uh, there was very little research. I think the only thing that was around was Dan Duchesne's little pamphlet. But you had to kind of talk to people. That was kind of the word in that, the networking. I mean, the guys knew who were competing, you know, in the, in that, in the golden era. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were using stuff, right? They were using stuff. It was a lot more limited back then. Uh, the Deca uh, Dynaball thing was what pretty much everybody did, uh, which is was a recipe for, for gyno. Um, but Dan Duchesne, I spoke to Dan about this. He was really the first guy to take legitimate pharmaceutical medical information but presented for bodybuilding usage. So he got a lot of things wrong. And I got a lot of things wrong in the beginning. But um, you know, we were searching. We were just kind of going uh, from empirical information, what this guy said, what this guy experienced. And um, so I got a lot of hearsay information before I even touched the steroid. And um, that was probably um, uh, in the 90s. That was early 90s, late 80s. So, uh, so, so back, back in the, let's start with the seventies. The seventies was when bodybuilding, the golden era, Arnold was, was destroying everybody, you know, every year. And, uh, what were guys using at that? What are you, what are you using Primo? The rumor is that Arnold did use Primo. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, the guy I've talked, I've spoken to some guys who've been pretty candid with me, some of the old timers. And, uh, and this is another thing I try to pass on to a lot of the young guys. They don't get it. I don't know if you guys know who Don Holworth is. You may want to look him up. But he was pretty awesome. He was a Mr. America back in, you know, the 60s, 70s. And the guy was taking like 20 mgs of D-ball a day. I mean, that was his cycle. That was his pre-contest cycle. You know, Dynaball was the big one. Dynaball, um, and people say like, well, how could these guys be taking Dynaball? They're so cut. I'm like, yeah, they're cut because they know how to train. They know how to diet. You know, they train like animals. And their diets were amazingly strict. So uh, you lose a little water pre-contest and Dynaball works just fine. But, uh, yeah, the story with the supposedly Arnold is uh, that I got from a few sources, and, of course, it's just hearsay, is that he did um, 50 mgs of Dynaball, which was a hell of a lot back then, and a shot of Primo a, a day, which was also a hell of a lot back then. Today, it's not even that big of a cycle. But that was supposedly the cycle. So 50 mgs of Primo a day of um, D-Ball and 700 mgs of, of Primo a week. And they didn't use testosterone back then, correct? Testosterone wasn't really popular because um, they didn't have anything to offset the estrogen, right? Uh, there, there was that. Well, that, well, that was one of the things that Dan Duchesne talked about. And we can talk about that later about using the Novadex. But uh, but Dynabol also uh, created the gyno, so it was a, you know it was an issue. But testosterone just wasn't big. I don't know why it was used, but uh, I think they sort of saw the more boutiquey compounds as more intriguing. Um, Dynaball works a hell of a lot faster than testosterone does. And I think what they liked about Primo and Deca is it was just, uh, it was just so effective and they thought it was safer. They got the, the, lean, lean gains, <laughs> the lean gains, you know, 
versus the water. You know, the, the, like guy, the guys back in the day used to think that a lot, it was reported quite a lot that if you added DECA to either D-Ball or, or Test Cycle, at least some of the hair loss, some of the shedding of hair would actually, would actually slow down. And we know now that, that DECA does convert to a weaker DHT that competes with your real DHT. So that might make some sense why a lot of guys like adding the, the DECA in because they, they thought it'd make him lose less hair. But I mean, it, it fucks with your dick. You know, that same hormone that's competing with, with the heavier androgens that the scalp is also going to do that um, around your pee-pee. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the whole thing with DECA was that it wasn't supposed to be suppressive, but it's, it's more suppressive. I, 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 I'm not a fan of DECA. I, I tried it a few times. I, I don't think, it's, I think there are better drugs. You know, I think some, there's some steroids that if you add them in in a, in a small enough dose, they'll have some, some of the benefits you want, like maybe slowing down hair loss, like maybe in the case of Trembolone, making the way everything else you're taking works even better. But you don't need a lot of it. Like I think DECA, if you only did 100, maybe 200 megs a week, that's it for your total cycle. I think it'll give you some of the benefits of, of slowing down hair loss a little bit. Um, I, I think DECA is a drug. What was that? I think DECA is a great size drug. You'll get, yeah. you blow up on DECA, no doubt about I, it. You know, some of these steroids that have a lot of side effects, I think guys just, just go over it. You might, you know, DECA, you might only need to pump 100, 200 megs a week. And you, it's not going to build up until about week, week four, four anyway. It'll so, still kill your dick. Yeah, but yeah, week four will kill your dick. <laughs> oh, it really could. So why, why are you taking it? Yeah, take yeah. testosterone. Well, yeah. what, what we found, obviously, and I think you, you were around for this, is that if you, if you, this is, if you, start, if you started taking testosterone at twice the amount of the DECA, it'll keep you from, from getting that DECA dick and you can still add DECA to your cycle. Okay, so you're taking 400 milligrams of testosterone and 200 milligrams of 200, DECA. 600 mg cycle, yeah, yeah. So why not just take 600 milligrams of testosterone? Makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. And I guess we're... Uh, you're talking to a guy, me, and, and I say this over and over on the podcast. The only thing I really do nowadays is testosterone because I can get legitimate Bayer Pharmacy pharmaceutical grade testosterone. And I do a little bit of equipoise because I can get legitimate veterinary grade made uh, Ganabol 50. Besides that, I don't really mess with, with much of any other injectables. Right now, I'm doing a little bit Anabar for a report that I'm, that I'm writing on my experience with it. But besides that, honestly, after doing steroids now and messing with different compounds for a couple of decades, if you know what the fuck you're doing and you're dedicated, testosterone will get you there. So I definitely agree. You just need a little bit of testosterone and it'll get you most, most places you want to get to with your physique. If you're just dedicated, you give it enough time and you have everything else right. The diet, the training, you know, everything else is in order. Well, I, I've, I've said this. I, I think in a lot of ways, all steroids are pretty much testosterone. <laughs> Except for the trend, but that's another situation. Um, you got to watch out for equipoise because one thing you don't hear too much about equipoise is it really thickens the blood. It increases blood volume, but it also thickens the blood. A so lot, yeah. Too much equipoise can, can lead to problems. Um, everybody thinks it's a safe drug, but, um, you know, the reason it's a veterinarian drug is it was originally designed for humans but they, uh, they abandon it. And, you know, the AMA kind of knows some things. There's a reason they abandon it. And like, yeah, give it to horses. It's great. You know, you know I, I believe it was your book, Nelson, that I read. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think you, you said that, yeah, while you're on steroids, while you're on cycle, your cholesterol levels are, are fucked up. But it's not the end of the world. You know, you get off cycle, you get them right. It's not, it's not that bad. 
Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Same thing about your, your red blood cell count. Yeah, when you're on steroids, they're going to get high. Your blood's going to get thick. It's probably not as bad as it's been made out to be. Like You can deal with it during cycle, and when you get off, it donate blood, whatever, normalizes. But it's not like, it's not the end of the world. It's not like, it's not really all that, all that bad if you consider that it's only that way because you're using the steroids. Not any other problems, but the steroids directly is what's causing them. It's probably not as bad. Well, it's not like everybody's dropping dead from it, but uh, there, are, there are lots of factors, you know, uh, predisposed uh, conditions, age. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's always good to be aware of what each one of these drugs do. I mean, you know, we're not popping Flintstone vitamins here. I mean, these are drugs. And, you know, if you're interested in your health, you want to put everything, you want to put the risk to benefit ratio in your favor. You know, so I'm not saying that you, so if you're going to use equipoise, don't look at it like, oh, well, that's a safe drug. So I'm going to use 600 milligrams of that on top of my, this and the other thing. You know, you want to be able to kind of balance everything's out. I, I tend to lean right towards testosterone and primabolin because testosterone is natural. We have the same molecule in our body and primabolin is essentially mild and pretty much all anabolic. So if you look in the grow muscle, primabolin is a pretty clean drug. You know, the reason Primo is not one of the, my favorite drugs that I use now is because I personally can't confidently get a good steady supply of good human grade Primo. It's all going to be underground lab. So on that regard, I'd rather not mess with it because it is the most expensive steroid out there. So it's faked the most for one, two, it could have heavy metals if it's coming from somebody's bathtub. So it's kind of why I've, I've fallen into testosterone and EQ. They're the two that sit well with my body and the two that I can confidently get good, clean, potent, somewhere, some governing body is overseeing the lab that produces it in some regard. And well, I how had, would you know that the, uh, the testosterone is clean or the equipoise doesn't have the... Uh... Well, the best I can do is make sure that the test comes from, from a pharmacy and it's, and it's made by Bayer. And that's what I do. I get, I get Bayer sharing uh, testosterone. I get Nevito or Testovirin. And I can I can just walk into pharmacia and, and get that, and you know I'm only cycle when I'm out of the when I'm out of the states. Yeah. And the Ganable against a local company that that makes it, they make a, a lot of other 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 stuff for for cattle and for that industry, and they're trusted you know they're a trusted company. So I, I I feel good about those because the the stuff going on now with the underground labs is, is pretty insane, bro. These guys have no oversight. Nobody checks checks them out. Some of them don't even some of them don't even request the proper certificates of analysis from their supplier when they get it. It's kind of useless to have that from a supplier anyway, because there's no way, there's no chain of custody, no way of knowing if the scoop that got tested came out of the bag that you're getting. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's been an issue. You know, there's some guys that are trying to do it right, but there are a lot of them out there that don't give a fuck. We don't see stuff like Debo or testosterone fakers are so cheap. So Primo bowling, yes, though. Primo bowling is expensive. So of course they're going to try to, you know, they're going to, they're going to try to make fakes, but Nelson, why do you think Primo Bolin is so expensive in the first place? Was it expensive back in the seventies and eighties as it is today, or is the price has just gone up? It was a little bit more. I think when it, it, it went through a period where it became very popular, that may have been a factor in the price. I don't know if the compound itself just cost a little bit more that I'm not sure of, but uh, I, I will say this. I'm, it's very likely it still isn't that expensive. They're just charging what they can get. I right. think it's because the FDA banned it because they ban they did the same thing with Anabar. They banned it and then Anabar came back. And everybody wants and then it. When it. And then when it came back, the demand was so high, the price was sky high, and it's never come down since. And people are just keep paying for it. 
Right. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. It's well, and in the case of Anavar, I think when people are buying 20 megs of Anavar, they're really buying 10 megs of, of Winstrom. Yeah, I mean, there's no way if you're doing underground, they fake that all the time too. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, you could you could pass off a, a 50-50 mix of testosterone and, and masteron and tell somebody is is primo bowling, and that's if you're trying to be nice. You know, <laughs> you, you you do 50-50 masteron testosterone, and no newbie in the world is going to know the difference between that or primo. Bowling. Other than masteron, the effects will go away like 10 minutes after you stop using. Yeah, it. again, no no newbie would, but I mean, you're. You know, if you're in the game and you're like, wait, Primo, you know, you know, exactly. even like the smell of it. Like, I, I don't know how people get fake trend. Trend changes the way my mouth tastes seconds after injection. Like, you just know. I've never known trend, so I, I, can't, I can't speak on that. Yeah, I remember, I remember you said that. You know, I'm, I was a lot, of, a lot more adventurous with my body than, than you've ever been. That's for sure. Because I, I used to bake the, the trend balloon out of the pellets, <laughs> the Netflix H pellets. So. I mean, and, and, you know, went right into the muscle with that. So way more adventurous, I think. Well, trend is almost the opposite of Primo because trend is obviously unhealthy. I mean, you're just going by the side effects. You can tell this is not really beneficial to the body. You look great. You know, you'll melt fat like, like you know, like it's nothing. You'll, you'll get great gains, but it's, it's just unhealthy. So I'm, I'm not interested. I'm interested in the long run. Dude, I'm 66 years old, so I got to keep going over here. Come on, you're not 66. Dude, really? Yeah. Dude, for those of you who are listening to audio, less, I swear Nelson looks like he's in his 30s or 40s. <laughs> like, no, that's crazy. So what yeah, dude, we're going to talk about on the next podcast, some anti-aging so, that Nelson so, does. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, um, you know, we're going to want to close up the podcast with, like, let's give people some – suggestions some actionable things they can do nelson you've ran a bunch of cycles we are familiar with it so let's say you're running a primo bowling cycle right what are like some first good steps i'll start off with this so say you decide you want to try primo as, as part of what you want to add first thing get a good source make sure you're getting legitimate shit um are, are they are is there still a human grade primo from europe making its way to to the u.s uh, steve have you seen well, it sources? Well, have, have you seen it nelson steve, i'm sorry Steve yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's yeah. making his way. Yes, yes, find, yes. find yourself a good source. Make sure you get legit shit. Make sure you're not getting scammed. Look, they're even faking ampules now. So you got to make sure that, you know, if these are made by, by Bayer sharing these amps, then the heads are going to be around the same size. The, the, the colors on them shouldn't scrape off with your fingernail. I mean, these things have to be good. And you got to make sure you get, you get good legitimate stuff. That's the first, the first step. Um, second, also treat it with respect. You know it is it is going to have side effects, as Nelson described. So have the auxiliary meds you would need on hand. But I think to start off, right, for suggestions for a primo bowling cycle, get legitimate shit and respect it. Have your your drugs and, and everything that you would need uh, of supplements to go along with the with the cycle. What do you guys think? I mean, for a, what are we talking about? Uh, for a beginner, somebody just trying it for the first time, or just somebody trying? Either, 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 or we can we, you can throw something for each guy. Well, if I were a younger man, <laughs> uh, I, I think Primabol and Dynabol is just an awesome snack. They just go together really well. You can get the, the hit, the hard hit of the Dynabol, and then you sort of top it off with the Primabol, and and you don't need a lot of Dynabol. I'm, I'm a, you know, I, again, I see people taking 50 mix a day. It's crazy. I mean, 10 megs of Dynaball and, you know, 500 megs of Primaball. And if you can't grow on that, if you can't make progress on that, get out of the game because you suck. 
Yeah, you don't have it. You don't have it. You can't so, go that. You know, it's as simple as that. That's a simple cycle. You know, well, you how, long, how, how long, Nelson? Well, I, I was telling Rick that the, uh, the first article that got me on the map is an article called Steroids for Health, which was the first advocation of um, short cycles. I believe if you do short cycles, you can recover quicker and you can get back on sooner and maintain your gains because the gains are slight. You, you hold on to five pounds of muscle. You train that five pounds of muscle. A couple of months later, you do another short cycle. So I'm a believer of like six weeks, which sounds really short to a lot of people, but um, that's old school. That's the way the guys did it in the old days. And it, it works. And you avoid a lot of complications that way. And tell us about Oral Primo. We talked about it on a pre-show. You don't recommend it, right? It's a great idea. I, I, I love the concept of it. <laughs> Um, and it's not 17 alpha alkylated, so there's no liver toxicity whatsoever. So it seems like a great idea. Acetate ester. It's got an acetate ester, yeah. Acetate ester. Yeah. It's not, 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 not. So uh, it's just so damn weak. I mean, if you would need to take, let's say you have to take $30 worth of pills a day, you might as well take $30 worth. I mean, HMB does something if you took $30 a day worth of it, you know, so... I, I just don't see the point of uh, the oral primo bullet, unfortunately. You know, there was a guy asking about uh, oral, oral testosterone decanoate, the andriol on, uh, on the forums the other day. Yeah. And yeah, some, you know, there, there's some of these steroids that are just best injected, but guys still choose to, to, to use some of the oral versions of it. There's testosterone decanoate, the primo, also the Winstrel. I always thought Winstrel was best just shot, boom. But guys would rather, you know, squirt the liquid into their mouth a couple of times per day instead of instead of just hitting it once a once a day. It's I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. You know, if you're scared of needles, maybe don't don't even think about steroids. I think right. What? Well, Winstrol, whether you shoot it or drink it or whatever, or take a pill, it's it's still the same drug, and it's also the only drug that the veterinarian version and the human version are exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with the Winstrol, when you um, when you shoot it and you uh, you put put the steroid into the muscle, the water dissipates. You get a little bit of crystallization. It takes it a little while to get out of that muscle there. When you ingest it, I mean, you're you're putting it through your digestive system. It, it can separate the fillers, put everything to the side, and get the get it into your blood system a lot quicker. So that's why guys who who did um who did the Winstrol would only shoot it. You once every 24 hours, but if you're drinking it, you know, you want to drink it a couple of times, at least, at least twice a day, maybe three, uh, really to, to get, um, to get decent level levels going. It's the delivery it is a little different. It doesn't stay in your system that long. It's still a 17 alpha, it's still, you know, 17 AA. Yeah. Once it's in the blood system is, is in and out at the same time. It's, it's, it's just out a day. It, it takes it a little bit longer to trickle into the blood when you, when you encapsulate it, basically when you, when you put it into the muscle than, than it is when it's, it's going through through the small intestine, obviously. Yeah. 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 Primo Bolin, why would you waste your money doing an, an oral acetate version of it? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see the, I, I didn't, I mean, was, was it even clinically, really clinically effective for people that doing well, the acetate? Well, it, it, it works anabolically, but the, um, I don't know why, but for some reason it's just uh, so weak and so ineffective. I mentioned HMB, which is kind of a joke steroid, but HMB has been shown and studied to be anabolic. It's just so slight that you're not going to see any results from it unless you take a bottle a day. It's kind of the same thing with the Prima Bowling. It's like, yeah, I guess technically it's anabolic and it works. But from my personal experience, I, I tried it. It just, it just didn't seem to do anything. And other people sort of agree with that assessment. 
So Nelson, with your Primo, um, I want to finish up the show though, go over your history with Primo. Is Primo the steroid that you would recommend for someone who's looking to compete today? Or do you think, you know what, sorry, sorry, but Primo's just not going to get it done if you want to compete at the high, you know, even regional levels anymore because everyone's blasting yeah, tons yeah. of tran and tons. Exactly. So is Primo even even something that a competitor should even look at or are they just going to be uh, a dis- you know? You know, adding anything is an addition. <laughs> you know, I have a friend who, uh, I shouldn't say his name, but he just competed and uh, he got his pro card and he likes Primo, but it's on top of everything else. So, you know, it's one of those things like it's a little added extra anabolism. But uh, these days, I mean, it's co- competitive bodybuilding is two things. It's, it's genetics. It's your affinity for the steroids. Some people just have more receptor sites for them. Um, go, digress a little bit. You take somebody like Dorian. Take somebody like Dave Palumbo. Look at Dave Palumbo today. He looks like kind of a normal guy. And he was like a monster. He had great affinity for the drugs. But as soon as you stop the drugs, then you got to depend on what you really built. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he looks good, but he's not a monster. So uh, prima bowling for a, a competitor, yeah, but these days it, it's, a, you know, you really have to be willing to be a walking science experiment to compete at the pro level. You just have to be willing to take as much of everything as you can. I did an um, um, interview with Chris, Craig Titus. Remember Craig Titus, the guy's yep, yep, yep. murder and all that crazy shit? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy, yeah. He said that he thought that anything over a, uh, over a gram was worthless. He said, but he took two grams because he figures the other guy's taking more and it gives me another ounce of muscle, I'm going to take that extra gram. So there you have it. I mean, that's competitive bodybuilding. That's a completely different world. Um, from what we're involved with, what I think most of our listeners are involved with, and anybody who really wants to be a pro, man, you better look pretty awesome right out of the gate, you know, otherwise you're, you're kidding yourself. It's a pipe dream. And yes, it also, unless, genetics, unless, genetics, uh, both your musculature, how good you look, how, how well your body reacts to the training, to the steroids, and also you don't get sick from them. There are guys who just get fucked up sick, all kinds of stuff, gyno, skin breaks out uncontrollably, just, just from a little bit of steroids, a small cycle. I, I, you watch guys just do one little bottle, bottle of pro-hormones and their nipples will be lactating. So, you know, you know, that guy is never going to be able to run a couple of grams of testosterone per week because he's just not. His body won't handle it. It's part of, it's part of the genetic package you need to have to be at pro level. And, and you see these guys, they'll say like, well, testosterone gives me uh, bitch tits. What else do I take? I'm like, dude, if it, you know, if that's your reaction to it, don't think about competing. It's not, it's not for you. So it's, it's a different world. I, I think it's funny. I've known guys who are pros. I've spoken to a lot of big contest winners. They're not necessarily all that even knowledgeable. I mean, I think guys on message boards probably know more about the chemistry of steroids than some of these. They just take the shit and they grow. You know, it's just, uh, that's, that's the reality. I always tell Genetics. people just Genetics. to go, go to like an NFL training camp. I don't know if you fall football, but if you've ever been to like a Jets or Giants training camp where you get to sign autographs and stuff, just go up to these guys up, in person their biceps are as big as like your head i mean it's just insane 
how these guys are genetic freaks, but they're not necessarily knowledgeable about football. They don't know the X's and O's. They just do what the coach tells them to do. And they're just amazing gifted genetics. Um, And it's the same thing in bodybuilding. People don't grasp that. They think for some reason, they think bodybuilding is not like another professional sport. They think you just take some steroids and lift weights and eat what Jay Cutler eats and they'll turn into the next. Why do you think that is? Is that just years of marketing and bullshit? Like by, you know. Well, bodybuilding went through different stages. Uh, If you all know who Vince Geronda was, I mean, the guy was just a brilliant trainer back in the 60s. He really investigated every way you could build a little extra ounce of muscle. And that's what attracted me to bodybuilding. And that's what attracted me to natural bodybuilding. So there was this sort of scientific intellectual approach to it. But the bottom line is your genetics is still going to decide how well you can do. And I think that's what's happened today. The guys who really excel at the, uh, the top level are, like you say, the genetic freaks. You know, and um, yeah, you could just fill a vial of anything and, you know, it's going to work for them. Uh, they're not necessarily, um, but it's not a secret formula. That's what a lot of these guys think. Oh, Jay Cutler did this. So therefore, that's the way you get that, you know, to, to look like Jay Cutler. And it doesn't work like that, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think you use your, your knowledge and a scientific approach to take to have an advantage. But ultimately, um, you're. Genetics will dictate things, which is why I tell everybody, if you're going to choose to use steroids, err on the side of caution. Because going over the edge, what's it going to get you? You're not going to be a pro. Yeah. All right, guys. So, Rick, Nelson, any final thoughts before we close up? I think we hit pretty much everything about uh, about this topic. We're going to have a next po- – we're going to keep Nelson on for our next podcast, guys. Listen to it. It's going to be number 329. And Nelson's very, very, um, I don't know what the word is, very, uh, very excited. He's a very uh, knowledgeable guest and very, has some really good thoughts. So we're going to definitely ask him some interesting questions on the next podcast. Anything else you want to add, Nelson, before we close this one up about Primo? Uh-huh. What, what, what's your final thoughts on Primo? You, at the end of the day, you, lo- you love it. You recommend it for normal gym rats. Yeah, I think it's good at the end of the day. Well, I'm on uh... – testosterone replacement right now so i'm not taking anything but i think that primo would be a great adjunct for testosterone replacement as well i think if you're going to do a cycle um it's just a nice addition not necessarily on top of a boatload of steroids but uh if you want to sort of work out if you have a gram if you can use a gram a week of something making the majority of that of primobolin would probably be a smart way to go all right, great podcast, guys. Yep. Hey, guys, uh, uh, just, just to close it up. So yesterday, um, Nelson and I recorded uh, the first episode of what we hope is going to be one uh, little weekly segment we're going to do. It's called The Age of Muscle. So you guys can go to theageofmuscle.com, ageofmuscle.com. We're actually securing that URL now. And you can listen to the podcast. There's going to be a podcast for older men, guys, you know, above 40, around Nelson and, and my age. And we're going to discuss, really open up more. We, you just brought Vince Geronda up. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm part of the Vince Geronda group on, on Facebook. It's got over 4,000 members. And definitely we're going to focus a lot and talk a lot about some of these old school training principles, how to stay fit and how to stay healthy and, and looking good all the way in through your 60s, 70s. And that's going to be part of the podcast. You know, I, 
I use these podcasts not just to bring information to you guys, but it helps me along in my own journey, in my own personal journey and, and everything that I'm going through. And I realized, hey, going into to 40 now, I'm going to be 40 next month. Fuck. Um, I need to take long-term health and long-term uh, just just my body being solid, being bulletproof long-term. I need to take that really way more serious. And that needs to be, you know, I do regret starting steroids so early on. I, I do regret certain cycles that I shouldn't have done, didn't, didn't keep the muscle from it, spent a bunch of cash and probably hurt myself in ways that I might not know for how long, if, you know, how bad it'll be. So doing the, this, this uh, segment with Nelson every week is gonna help me, hopefully help you guys out there. Stay motivated, stay mindful that we need to stay healthy, body and mind, going into old age. This is when, this is when the ailments begin to hit you. This is when people get on, on medication. This is when you stop doing certain activities that, that you enjoy doing. This, you know, at 40, going to 50, to 60, they're really, you know, this, this is the age where you have to take care of yourself and you can't experiment with your body as much as you used to. And you, even in the gym, you have to just slow those reps down more. I notice my joints hurt more when, when I, when I try to bust out reps, you know, really fast the way I did, you know, my, my wrestling days, MMA days, you just bust out low weights and got to move slower now. So that's going to be a whole journey. We're going to go on focus of the podcast. It's going to be fitness, drugs, love, everything for, for, for older men. And how to how to keep that going. So I'm hoping it'll doing the podcast every week will keep you guys that listen uh, motivated, informed, and it'll keep myself and Nelson also on the path. Make sure that we uh, you know make it's, it's a part of our of our personal uh, our journey. So so yeah, guys, uh, the age of muscle, old school training principles, small doses, a really healthy, conscious older man. We're gonna stay off these fucking medications. Uh, we're just going to stay off all of this Lipitor and all this shit. We're going to deal with it with diet, you know, clarity of mind and, and good daily habits so we can stay strong and healthy until, until old age. Uh, close up with, with a little joke uh, I got from my, um, from my doctor. I, uh, I, you know, I'm turning 30 years old and, I, and I'm you know, with my doctor at the office and I'm like, you know, doc, fuck, you know, I was looking through some pictures yesterday. I, I look nothing like I did when I was 20. These last 10 years have been hard. And he goes, you know, Rick, don't worry about it. You're about to get into the easy part. Because when you turn 40, you're going to look pretty much a lot like you look now that you're 30. And you're not going to change much from 30 to 40, to be honest. He says, but get ready. Because going from 40 to 50, that's a different fucking story. <laughs> that's fucking rough. So um, that's the jump that I'm taking in my, my life now, going from 40 to 50. And and hopefully uh, doing these podcasts and staying connected to the people, staying connected to the guys that are hitting the gym and are still chasing their goals and, and, and chasing that, that better, the best physique that they can get. Hopefully uh, this will keep me and a lot of people motivated. So that's it. Theageofmuscle.com, guys. Check it out, um, and uh, you'll get there. All right, guys. So we're going to head to 329. We're going to keep Nelson for the next – podcast so guys listen to that one that should be out in a few days for steve smee rick and nelson another episode of evolutionary radio number 328 this is the one we just did we'll talk to you guys in a few days see you then have a good one steve have a good one nelson have a good one guys guys this is the required legal disclaimer 
We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.